The Chaser Report. News you can't trust. Welcome back to a bonus episode of The Chaser Report. I'm one of the interns, Xander, and today Gabby and I will be interviewing internet musical comedian Nick Lutzko. Nick rose to success over the last few years, creating satirical and absurdist songs like Celebrities are hot because they all drink baby blood. President Trump won't talk about his ass. Nick's even written songs for Netflix, Super Deluxe, and College Humor. In today's podcast, we talk about his musical influences, his comedic process, and what it's like when crazy conspiracy theorist Alex Jones and his fan base starts to love your folk parody of his rants. That's after the break. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. We are joined right now by Nick Lutzko, creator of Alex Jones Rants as an indie folk song and Donald Trump's speeches as an emo song, amongst hundreds of other bits of comedy. Nick, thank you so much for joining on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm a new father. I'm somewhat sleep deprived, um, but I'm enjoying life. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, I know you're known for your musical comedy, obviously, but I, I just want people to understand, any, any of our listeners understanding, that the production quality on the songs you make is absolutely insanely professional. So I was just wondering if you might go over some of your personal musical influences. They don't have to be specific to comedy if, if you don't want them to. I just I was just curious as to who your favorite musos were. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it, it's I, I love so many, like such a wide range of artists um like uh you know like the most generic answers the the beatles have been one of my favorite bands so i was very young and really got into bob dylan when i first started exploring songwriting and then as i got into like more college age i got into like the beach boys and uh tom waits and ween and leonard cohen and uh the talking heads and uh I, I guess more modern artists i really enjoy arcade fire and vampire weekend and andrew bird mm. and um yeah i, I think I, I got into music like before like i never even um like envisioned that i would be doing anything related to comedy um and so like i i and in some ways i guess you could say i'm a bit of a failed musician who pivoted into comedy. So I think that's a part of the reason why, like, um, uh, maybe uh, the the production and the, the, the musical aspect of what I do sounds a little bit more professional than most musical comedies, because I kind of, that's where I started and that's where I put a lot of effort into. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely shows. And that kind of all starts to change around the 2016 American election, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, um, I don't know. I don't know how to how to put it into words. I was just so bewildered by, um, the whole 2016 campaign, and it's just so old and boring to even talk about Trump at this point. But yeah, I was, um, I, I got really into the work of, um, uh, Vic Berger that he was doing at the time because I felt like he was just doing such a brilliant job of capturing like the absurdity 
and just how nonsensical every everything felt. It just felt like this weird nightmare. And he, he did a really great job of kind of like solidifying those like feelings with myself, like making me feel like uh, I'm not the only one experiencing this. And um, he did this election special in 2016, and I just felt compelled to write a theme song for it unsolicited. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I tweeted it at him and Tim Heidecker, who he's working with, and they ended up using it as like the official theme song for that special. There would be nothing else that I'm doing now without that one event. Like that was like, Super Deluxe produced it and they were like, hey, do you want to do more like comedy type stuff for us? And it was just me being like, uh, okay. Like I wasn't qualified for it. I was just a fan. And um, it was just a way to, you know, try to make some money, you know, cause there's not a lot of opportunities to make money as a musician. And, um, and so, yeah, I just kind of went down that road and opportunities just continue to present themselves. And eventually I ended up here. I feel like everybody in musical comedy kind of just finds their way there. And it feels like this weird twist of, uh, comedic fate of some kind, where it's like a series of events led to the next series of events, which led to the next series of events. And do you find there's a certain joy from the impulsivity of all of it? Like, do you find that not really knowing what the next opportunity is going to be is kind of a thrill or is it a stress for you or like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really exciting, especially now. I feel like, um, you know, I, I have released non comedic records and I will, I'll continue to like, I still really enjoy that as well. But like, I feel like, um, the last record I did in particular, um, it was just such a painstaking process of everything was so long. Like it took so long to like, settle on which lyrics I liked and which instrumentation I liked and how, how to mix it, how to produce it. And sometimes like, I mean, there were literally years that, I, or there were literally songs I started on in 2015 maybe that I didn't finish until like 2019 for that record. So the, yeah, some of those wow. had like a four year lifespan. So it's been really cool um, with these uh, comedy songs, just like, um, you know, a lot of them, I'll get the idea for the song in the morning and write it uh, as fast as I can, produce it as fast as I can, shoot like a crappy video on my phone <laughs> and upload it on Twitter that evening. And like, that's part of the process is like, just trusting my subconscious and just like going with the first instinct. And um, yeah, it's been, it's it's just been cool. It's been very validating seeing that people like in, enjoy it. It's just two very different things. And I it's, it's cool being able to do both. And I think both are very, um, rewarding as far as the impulsivity of work i've been lucky enough to where i've kind of gotten to the point that um like there, there there definitely was like uh, a period where it was like oh wow the first three months of this year have gone like amazing and then i don't have another job for like another five months and it's always I'm never gonna work again i gotta get a day job i gotta do you know and that part of it yeah. like was not fun um but uh yeah, it's been really cool that with these songs I've been doing on Twitter, like every time I get enough songs to like put on Bandcamp, I just release an EP and it seems like I've kind of like um, accumulated this tribe of people that are interested in, in throwing money at the things I create, which is just like the greatest thing I could ever ask for. I think that there's a certain accessibility to musical comedy that doesn't quite exist within regular stand-up comedy. Do you find yourself taking more comedic risks through your original comedy music as opposed to a risk you wouldn't probably normally take in just a regular stand-up set like do you find yourself braver under the guise of comedy musical comedy 
Oh man, I see. I don't know because it's it's something that I fell into as a as a way to make money. You know what I mean? Like I did that yeah. song for Tim and Vic just purely for creative expression. There wasn't even really a joke to that theme song, other than the fact that I was doing it, I guess. <laughs> and then you know, Super Deluxe, which was like kind of like this young company that was looking for creators to like create stuff very regularly, was just like could tell that I could make stuff quickly and was and it, it was this element of like taking this person's words and this person's context there wasn't a lot of like joke writing in the craft of it it was more like puzzle making like putting together crafting these like weird puzzles and then over time like i became more confident in uh the comedy that i brought to that puzzle making which eventually led to this point about a year ago where i started actually writing comedy music anyways i guess what i'm trying to say is it's been such a weird path to where i am now that i've it's it's still very new for me to even think of myself in terms of being a comedian or whatever else and it's especially interesting in that like now we're planning um live shows and it's like okay i have to take it into consideration that a lot of these people probably are coming to the show expecting a, a comedy show and it's like kind of blending these two worlds of like, I've always put on very kind of theatrical fun um, uh, live shows, but like adding an, a, like a comedic element outside of the music. Like it's all very new and um, interesting. But I, I do think just as far as like, I, I did this one hour long special on my YouTube channel um, uh, where I was inaugurated as the president of Halloween and like that like an opportunity for me to like i mean yeah it's a comedy special technically you know it's not like of the hour-long special it's probably like 10 15 minutes of music but like i do feel like whatever i'm doing you know in that or on twitter or through these songs and what i'll eventually end up doing uh on stage all kind of fall under the same umbrella like, I don't approach any of them that differently, I don't think. Your songs have had a lot of different targets over the last year, from wanting to play at Joe Biden's inauguration, Joe, let me sing at your inauguration, to hosting Saturday Night Live, What's the process for choosing the next topic? Yeah, man. So it's um, it's kind of impossible to say what's next, just because it's so like so much of it uh, depends on my my schedule. Like, it's funny because like it, towards the end of last year, like the height of the pandemic, I didn't really have a lot of work going on. So it was like I kind of made it my focal point to be like, okay, I'm definitely gonna write a song this week, and um, you know, I have these two days to work on it and. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to write a song about something and shoot a video and put something up. It, it, it's almost like I, I have to like wake up and be inspired by whatever people are talking about that day. Like, like with Joe Biden's inauguration, uh, for example, it's like, uh, uh, well, first of all, the insurrection of January 6th on the United States Capitol had happened just a few days earlier. So I feel like every American was kind of dealing with the trauma of that. And although the, the, the song has its own like subtext of like why I'm in a neck brace and I have a black eye, I feel like 
all Americans felt like they'd just been beaten up after four years of Trump. And it was mm-hmm. like the inauguration was coming up in the next couple of weeks. And it's like, I've created this strange character who is having a very, um, uh, uh, what's the word, volatile relationship with his grandmother's new boyfriend. It, you know, like I, without getting into the weeds of all the background and the lore of everything, but it was like, okay, how can I use the current event that a lot of people are talking about to tell my own stupid story around this strange character that I've kind of created? And I mean, it, and same thing with Saturday Night Live, uh, everyone was going on about having Elon Musk uh, uh, host that week. And, you know, obviously it was just, there's so many memes about it. And there was a, a lot to say about like, it felt like here we go again in a way with them uh, booking Trump in 2016. It's like, maybe let's learn from our mistakes and not like book these like eccentric billionaires who like may not have the best interest of like the most people. It, it's been, it's been harder to be as productive as I was at the latter part of last year, just because I've, I had a, I had a new baby and that's taken up a lot of time and I've had other jobs um, that have come like as a result of all these things I've been doing. Um, I have to be more intentional in that, like, if I want to get, make sure I get a song out this month, like, I need to, like, start thinking about, like, what is happening and how can I tie that into whatever the story is that I'm working on. So I don't know if any of that makes a lot of sense because I'm trying to tell a Spark Notes version of (laughs) very complicated. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I feel like you have to kind of stay topical, particularly with political satire. It's always sort of a lottery every single day of what you're going to cover. But I, I do have to ask, and I know that you've probably been asked a gajillion times about this but you are obviously the creator behind Alex Jones as an indie folk song the paradigm of absolute control and that's why we're just out here doing simple things pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural and this is where we find the source that God made to transcend the new world order and that's why they want to try to keep us out of it which is one of the most, to me, iconic pieces of uh, musical comedy, political satire I think ever created. Um, currently sitting at 7.4 million views on YouTube. But I did just want to say, um, it is only one of many X as an X song in that series. Did you know that that one in particular was going to be as incredibly successful as it was when you were making it? Or for you, was it just a bit of fun that kind of blew up out of nowhere? Yeah, so that's something that I did for that company, Super Deluxe. And uh, I definitely knew there was something special about it as I was working on it, but I I never know how something is going to do like ever. Yeah. And I, I I know with with that song in particular, I've been doing the emo Trump uh, videos. Yes. <laughs> we did enough of those where it was like I think this is kind of like played out, and it was like okay, now what else can we do with this same like format like who else do we have endless amounts of footage saying the most absurd things you can think of? Uh, and like, it's, it's a shorter list. I think like uh, the three people that I felt like were the best candidates for that format were Trump, um, uh, Alex Jones and Kanye West. 
and we had to get more creative when we like did other ones. But I think those ones, those were the three guys that's just like, there's so much material of them just saying like the most ridiculous things. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it, I remember the day that they posted it on their Facebook, he messaged me within like five minutes and was like, you, you, he had some guy at super deluxe who's like on the tech side. And he was like, we can already tell just by how many times it's been shared that this is going to like be insanely viral just because I don't know, some metric that they, they saw that I didn't have, but um, yeah, people totally connected with it. The only other little piece of trivia I think I can add about that song that might be worth mentioning is um, it kind of started as a, let's do like a metal Alex Jones song. <laughs> and then it was like, eh, it's too obvious. Like what, like what's the opposite of that? Like, and then it was like trying to find like this very um, soft, like ethereal uh, white boy folk music and that was kind of like I really think that made it so much better than what would have been had we leaned into like the aggression like I think that would have almost validated the things he was saying in a way in that whereas the the, the indie folk I think undermines yeah the, his um I don't know the yeah. um the intensity yeah the absolute commitment to that genre in that song is is what makes it funny to me is just how wonderfully arrange the harmonies are to his like yells of frustration it's just brilliant um but what i i, I did want to ask like the response to that song though did 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 alex jones offer you a job like i feel like maybe that might have been by people who are, are less aware of the satire of it did you get some weird inboxes after that yeah definitely it was yeah it was a very strange time in that like on the one hand um I believe Super Deluxe was thrilled to have a song that was so popular, but like he really used it. Like he did, like it was on the weekend, I think, and he did an emergency broadcast to talk about this new viral song and about he he insisted that the person that wrote it was like it was like a closeted Infowars fan that was trying to like red pill the masses and like <laughs> and yeah, and he was like begging for more and he did this stupid cover contest and he offered like twenty thousand dollars to the winner to whoever did the, the best cover. It was it was all just so insane. So it was like this really kind of strange like reverse psychology of like this doesn't bother me. I love this. And it and Super Deluxe was like, Yeah, let we just don't even want his attention. Like his his fans are too intense, they're too weird. And like, I definitely, to this day, it's the most viral, like, song or the most like, you know, viewed song on my or video on my YouTube channel. And like, the majority of the comments and notifications that I get on YouTube are people commenting on that video. And so many of them are, Alex Jones was right. Everything he says is true. Tell me where the lie is. I didn't know who this guy was. And then I watched this video. And now I'm such a fan. And like, Initially, I thought, like, this is Alex Jones. He's, like, making these bots. And, like, because there's no person that can be this insane to watch this video and think that's, you know, a reasonable guy. That's the guy I want to follow. But it's been four years since the songs come out, and it's constant. Like, it's, it's nonstop, and it's, like, very um, depressing to think that there's that many people that buy into that guy's like rhetoric. And it makes me very sad for like the state of like human nature, I guess. Not to get very dark with it, but it's like, 
it's I think the fact that like I get uh, notifications on my phone, it's like oh, there's another reminder of like what we're up against. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. A lot of the people around me who work with the internet have started to become concerned that they're terminally online. Does that part of your job worry you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate it. It's um, I'm definitely addicted to social media and my phone, and um, there's not really anything funny to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, and you know, I use the excuse like, oh, it's my job. Like, I kind of need to know what's going on, but I mean, like, I don't know. It's like, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's problematic. And it's something that like, even with my four month old daughter, it's just so easy. Like she's, you know, fussing or whatever. And it's like, here's Mickey Mouse clubhouse. And then all of a sudden she's just like, cool. And she's just like, <laughs> in you know into it and it's like oh no i'm already watching the cycle repeat itself like we're all just like slowly becoming zombies that need like a screen in front of our faces <laughs> and that's a very uh you know pessimistic view of, of things like i know there's so many great things that come out of technology and social media but it's very easy to see all the harm that comes with it as well well, thank you so much for joining us, Nick, and talking about zombie babies, the US election, and conspiracy theories, and everything in between. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me, guys. And, and right before you go, too, actually, I was just going to ask, what's next in terms of uh, tours or shows or uh, anything like that you want to plug? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to um, release some new vinyl, like another album worth of collection of these songs by the end of this year um it's the world's worst kept secret i'm working on another spirit halloween song that should be coming out <laughs> very soon hell um, yeah. And yeah i do intend to start traveling we're, we're playing a couple shows in chicago uh next year and we're we're looking to book a lot more i don't think we'll be playing in australia next year but <laughs> that's that would- that's fair we're not playing in australia <laughs> either at the moment yeah right right, right. <laughs> but- we'd love to get there eventually for sure yeah Oh, well, when the live comedy and music scene comes back, we'll, we'll see you then in 2041. Um, it'll be <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you so much for checking out today's bonus episode. If you want to hear more of Nick's work, you can check him out on pretty much all major music streaming platforms and also on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Bandcamp. 
We'll be back with another episode of The Chaser Report tomorrow. Our gear's provided by Rode Microphones, and we're part of the ACAST Creator Network. Bye.